Let's get nuts. Hello, everybody. What's happening? Sorry, I'm a little late. Ah, technical difficulties, uh, of course. Jeez. It's like, yeah, just can't catch a break when it comes to, like, trying to live stream sometimes. My God. Anyways, what's happening, guys? Welcome to Film Junkie Live. Yes, there is playoff baseball happening. It's a close game when it comes to... <laughs> oh, boy. Um, close game when it comes to the Braves and Phillies. And uh, I'm seeing that the, the Diamondbacks have already scored when it comes to the Dodger game. Uh-oh. Anyways, guys, subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so you know when I'm doing this stuff. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Let's see who's out there. Let's see who's out there. What's going on? Let's see. I should probably hit that. Why is that not working? Of course, because nothing's working. There we go. Sorry. Hold on. Like I said, I'm just having all kinds of difficulties right now. There we go. All right. I think we're good. All right. Jesus Christ. All right. What's going on, Steph? Hoping uh, for a better Dodger game tonight. That was the only thing that went wrong this past week. <laughs> yes. The rest was definitely great. But, yeah. Yikes when it comes to that Dodger game. All right, what's going on, Droga? Good to see you. We got Mr. Nobody. Uh, if Metamorpho will be in Superman, will uh, how will Superman fight a guy who can literally turn in in kryptonite fart cloud? <laughs> I don't think they're going to fight. I don't think that's going to be the case. But uh, what's going on, Eric? Happy Columbus Day! All right, that's right. It is Columbus Day or uh, Indigenous People Day, whatever the hey. Uh, the holiday was formally established in the U.S. primarily to help combat anti-Italian racism, like Apollo Creed said. There you go. There's your history lesson right there from Mr. Hardboiled Entertainment. Um, all right. Turn that off. All right. What's going on? Uh, when it comes to, uh, yeah, good to see you, Jason. I liked your drawing that you did of Zack Snyder. That looked pretty cool. Really enjoyed that. Let's see who else we got. We got Lane right here. Dave, what's up? Didn't know you were a fan of Incubus. I have him on loop since forever. Well, there you go. It's because you're too busy throwing shit at the Foo Fighters. That's what's happening there, Lane. So, but yes, it was a great, great concert for sure that I went to the Incubus concert over at the Hollywood Bowl on Friday. And it was great. That's why there was no vodka stream, if you're wondering that still. But yes. Fatty God, what's happening? Good to see you. We got Cortez. I'm going to just keep it real. It's just funny hearing the comments from the Moon Knight director when he's made one of the most forgettable Disney shows. Just That's what's what's interesting about that is I thought it was one of the better ones, though. I mean, did, did you like She-Hulk better? Did you like, I mean... Is She-Hulk more memorable? I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, I, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but it's just the shade that gets thrown at the director. And I was like, I was like, well, I mean, I get it. Okay, yeah, his opinion I don't agree with. But at the same time, the shade at Moon Knight, when I thought that was the most unique of the shows, one of the most unique, one of the more unique shows uh, when it comes to the MCU, I was like, because I thought it was darker, it was different, you know. But hey, whatever. I'm just 
That's just me right there. What's going on, W Games? What are your thoughts on Superman vs. The Elite, the best Superman movie next to Man of Steel? Uh, I don't know if I've seen that one. Not too sure if I've seen that. So, then we got Max Wolf. What up? Give uh, give me an update for Batman movie two. Yes. What's going on, Stephanie T? It's Thanksgiving. Wow, you guys have Thanksgiving on a Monday. Well, um, hopefully you guys got a uh, an extended weekend for sure. I'm I'm guessing that was the case. So, yeah. So hopefully that was the case. So. But anyways, all right, that's pretty much it because hardly anybody watches my streams anymore. All right, um, so the Dodgers just get uh, – it's already 3 nothing. It's already 3 nothing. Diamondbacks. What is happening in the playoffs right now when it comes to – when it comes to baseball? I don't, I, don't even under, I don't even understand it anymore. So, yeah, it's just so weird. It's so strange what's happening in baseball right now when it comes to playoffs. Um, yeah, it's just weird. All right, let's go ahead and get to that tweets and, like, Let's see certain things, or I picked some certain tweets that we're going to talk about right now. So, yeah, we'll go ahead and do that. But, yeah, again, thank you guys for joining. And, uh, man, I cannot believe what's going on. Man, the Diamondbacks. Man, screw the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks. What the heck's going on with the Diamondbacks? What's going on with the Dodgers, I should ask. Anyways. All right, so. Here we go. All right, we got. Uh, all right, we got a Fantastic Four update. Apparently, it's not really that much of an update, but it's kind of an update. It's something because everybody's like wondering when we're gonna hear about the cast of the Fantastic Four. And apparently, according to Collider, the Fantastic Four have been cast and will be announced once the strike is over. So, as soon as the strike ends, we're gonna find out who is going to be playing the Fantastic Four. I don't know. It's kind of interesting because was it? I mean, they can't really. They couldn't do any casting before this or during the strike, right? Nothing when it comes to the actors could be made. It's just a little weird to me because I'm like, well, was this happening before? Was it happening before the writer's strike? And I forgot to change the background too. Um, hold on a sec. Um, yeah, so I'm like, it's just a little weird. It's just very. Uh, it's very strange when it comes to this. I don't know. So let's see. Hold on. Let me uh, change the background here. Like I said, I'm I was trying to get everything done on time and it just wasn't working for me. Wasn't working for me, but, you know, it's all good. What the hell? <laughs> all right. Ah. Oh, yeah, it was right here. That's right. Sorry. What the heck is going on? Oh, that's what's going on. Jesus. You know, I'm doing like this once a week. You'd think I would. There we go. Change the background right there. Okay. Anyway, so, but yeah, we'll find out the Fantastic Four casting as soon as the strike's over, apparently. And then we got an interesting thing right here. Anybody who's a fan of the movie Heat, which is a classic movie, Michael Mann, all that. Uh, it's a great movie if you haven't seen it yet. Obviously, it brought Al Pacino and Robert De Niro together. And then, of course, there's Val Kilmer right there. I love this this shot right here. But according to Michael Mann, because he did write the novel, he, he wrote a novel when it came to Heat 2, which is more of a, it's a prequel. It's a prequel. It's not, obviously, it's not a sequel, but it's a prequel. And uh, he says that's his next film. So we're going to, in fact, get a Heat 2 and Adam Driver could potentially star as a young Neil McCauley, which, of course, is Robert De Niro's character. So there you go. 
We were wondering, I was wondering what was going on with that. I didn't buy the book. Maybe eventually I will. But uh, yeah, any Heat fans out there, there's an update for Heat 2. Ridley Scott, what does he have to say about the Joker, huh? Oh, yeah, he uh, voiced his opinion when it came to the Joker movie. Um, he's worked with Joaquin Phoenix, right? Well, well, obviously, obviously, we got the Napo- we got Napoleon coming out. So this is what he had to say when it came to his performance when it came to the Joker. He said, "I was blown away." by Joaquin's outrageous film Joker. I didn't like the way it celebrated violence, but Joaquin was remarkable. So yeah, celebrated violence. I mean, there's a there's a debate right there when it comes to like this, does it really celebrate violence or just shows ah shows the ugly side of um things that are happening that were happening in that world, I guess you could say. Some people are going like, well, it doesn't really celebrate violence. But then, of course, you have the very end where, yeah, he's very much being celebrated. The Joker is being celebrated. And that's why we get that cool little shot where he's on top of the car doing this. And then, of course, takes his own blood and makes a smile. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Is it does it actually celebrate violence? Because I know I I mean, that was a that was a fun time when uh, the when that movie came out and everybody thought that oh, some incels are going to come out and like shoot up a theater or something like that. Everybody was all worried about what was going to happen when it came to Joker screenings. And everybody was just like making it seem like, Oh, something bad's going to happen. Some bad and nothing ever happened. But you know, I mean like when I look at it, it's like, does it really celebrate violence? Uh, I think it shows an ugly side of mental illness for sure. There's a lot of, ugly that it does show but i don't know if it actually celebrates in my opinion but gordon really scott he's saying that it actually celebrates violence and i'm like mm, i don't know if it actually does i really don't know if it actually does i don't know what are you guys thinking what do you guys think does it actually celebrate violence actually does. oh i should probably turn that down too uh now people are soft yeah that's pretty much uh so you know uh, let's see. Hey, we got Trav, Trav Man from Vegas right here. Okay. Okay, so let's see. What Ban who? Fabian? Oh, is that, did he do the hashtags thing again? Is that what happened? The hashtags? I don't even see it right now. Is he actually there? Okay, well, you know, we'll be all right. I think he only does one little thing, and that's it. All right, let's talk about some Rebel Moon. We got a new image first off. Look at that. We got a new image of uh, Ed Screen or whatever. You know, obviously looking like M. Bison from Street Fighter right here. But yeah, we got we got we got a new image from Total Film, exclusive, of course. But um, we also got, of course, talking about the Rebel Moon director's cuts won't be quite like the regular director's cuts. Do you like this? This is hilarious right here. Look at this. I'm going to highlight it. Exclusive! The Rebel Moon director's cuts won't be quite like the regular cuts. Well, holy shit! Crazy. Crazy. That's so weird. I always thought the director's cuts were like the regular director's cuts what the fuck no of course not it's Zack snyder it's something different we already know this we already know they're gonna be r-rated and much longer what are we talking about here but uh you know we've already heard all this we already heard all this because you know because obviously we have them talking about especially debbie this is from debbie snyder right here the difference this time is that we've planned for it 
it's not an afterthought. You know, we've already heard all this. We've heard these things. So it's not anything new that we've heard when it comes to the director's cuts. Uh, she, of course, right here even says it's going to probably be, says we're still tweaking, but they'll probably be 45 minutes to an hour longer. Each one, you get more character, you get a lot more everything. It's not just a few deleted scenes. So, you know. So it's just, I mean, this is from Debbie. We've already heard from Zach when it comes to the director's cuts. So it's nothing really new, but we get a new image right here. We do get the, the new image of Ed Screen's character. I like that. So at least we get that, right? Not a bad image. Looks pretty cool. Got those priest people. That's one of them, of course, is holding a mother box looking thing, which is interesting, obviously, you know, taking some, uh, taking some pieces from the DC universe right there. But anyway, so... Yeah, it's not going to be quite the same. But now we got also the uh, we got uh, Eric Newman, who's a producer on Rebel Moon, talking about working with Zack Snyder. So we got his quote right here. It says Zack Snyder and I made our first movie together many years ago, Dawn of the Dead. This is the Dawn of the Dead producer, which is still one of the highlights of my career experience. And we've stayed friends. We had been talking for a long time about doing about uh, doing, and there was uh, and there was a moment where I was hoping it would be a blah, 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 blah. We've actually heard, I think, him talk about this before, but then, of course, he talks about the Star Wars universe, but to do sort of a Magnificent Seven in uh, space-type story, the world, unfortunately, always has the threat of totalitarianism, totalitarianism and we uh, must unite against it. It's more relevant now than it ever was. I mean, my God. Zach just finished Army of the Dead at Netflix, and I'm based uh, at Netflix. And it just sort of made sense that we would do this together. But it's so fun. It's a massive movie. I would sometimes drive on to set, and I would look out in the distance and think, like, could that possibly be part of our show? That's what's always funny, too. People in the business call it a show. They don't call it a movie or a film. They call it a show. And it's always uh, the biggest thing I've ever done. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, he says that, and so it's really cool. I'm excited for people to see it. I think you'll love it. So I had some producers saying some nice things about Zach and Rebel Moon. But Rebel Moon, of course, is going to have some Funko Pops. And Funko Pops, yeah, going to probably have to collect them all. Check this out. Look at this. What? Korra, Nemesis, Jimmy, Titus, Kai, and, of course, Atticus Noble right there. Of course, Ed Screen's character that we just saw, obviously, in that new image from Total Film. But, yeah, they're the Funko Pops so far right there. I mean, let's face it. Jimmy? Who? I mean, the Jimmy Funko Pop, you got to get that one first, right? It's awesome. Look at it. Look at that. Jimmy is a Funko Pop. It's perfect. I mean, they're all pretty cool. They're all really cool. But, yeah, some Rebel Moon. Funko Pops right there, but I think Jimmy is going to be the most, he's going to be, he's going to be demanded the most. Got to be, right? He's got to be demanded the most. Why wouldn't he be? Look at Jimmy right there. You know, I mean, when it comes to, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see that character development, especially with Anthony Hopkins' voice that is, vo you know, voicing Jimmy. That's what I'm looking forward to the most is that character and that character development, which we've seen when it comes to images of Jimmy and you know, with the, the 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 antlers or whatever, and the fact that he's going to have, like, this crazy arc for a robot. 
It's not going to just be C-3PO running away from things and constant complaining about things. Now, Jimmy's going to have a crazy arc, and it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. So there, there are the Funko Pops right there, right? Looks pretty awesome. They do look awesome, right? I love it. I absolutely love it. So, Deadpool three. All right. So, is it going to come out on time? Yes. Apparently, according to director Sean Levy, Deadpool three is still going to meet its May third, twenty twenty four release date. Yes. And according to uh, if he actually opened up the article, but I'm not going to because it's the rap. <laughs> I'm not going to give it a click. Fuck you. We're at the rap. Nah, not going to do that anyways. Um, but he, they said that uh, he basically said that they have about 30, 35 days left to shoot Deadpool three. So they were actually, you know, they, they have a lot of the movie in the can already. So that's good. Comforting. Because I was wondering, I was like, did they shoot half of it? What was going on? I think a lot of us were curious of how much they actually shot before the actor strike occurred. But they're pretty confident that it's still going to meet that May 3rd, 2024 date. I don't think it's actually going to meet that date. I would not be surprised if it gets bumped a couple of months. I still hope it's a summer movie, but it, we don't know when the when the SAG actor strike's going to end. So... To be that confident that it's going to release on that date, yikes. But I think they're hopefully confident that the strike is going to end soon, which I know, obviously, when it comes to the WGA strike, that ended, and now it's like full-fledged ending right now. There was like the re a release statement when it came to that. But it's like, well, we still got the actors, and it's a little bit different when it comes to those demands and meeting those demands and those negotiations. But hopefully it does. Hopefully it does because I, I this is the movie that's, I mean, let's face it, when it comes to the Marvels and we've, <laughs> you know, you guys saw that the, the Marvels is going to be the, 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 the shortest MCU movie that they've ever released. It's going to be like an hour and 45 minutes. It just seems like that's going to be like, I mean, it, it could potentially still make money. It could, it could, but I, it just seems like Kevin Feige is like going, yep, yeah, no one is going to really care about this. This movie's probably not that great. And I'm sure there's going to be some backlash when the Marvels comes out and they're like, Oh, it's the shortest movie ever. It's because Kevin Feige is like misogynist or something like that. Or he's racist. Who knows what, what label is going to be put on there because you know, of everything that's involved when it comes to the Marvels. But it, it, you can kind of guess that, that the Marvels is not going to really probably do a lot at the box office. Definitely not going to make a billion dollars like the first one. But, you know, they're just kind of like, yeah, hey, let's get past this one. And then let's get to Deadpool 3 because Deadpool 3 is most likely going to do some business. Obviously, when it comes to this, Deadpool being into the, uh, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Hugh Jackman also being there in that costume, in the yellow costume. And, uh, yeah. I mean, let's face it. They're I mean, that's that's this is this is going to be the money maker. So please push it back if you need to, Kevin. Okay? Don't rush this. Don't rush special effects. Just don't rush it. Don't rush it. Because this this is going to be this is going to be uh the money maker right here when it comes to Marvel. And let's face it. They're struggling and I, you know what? One of the things I was actually thinking about today when it came to Kevin Feige and what's happening with the MCU, the fact that it's not where it was and it's struggling a bit. I mean, it just seems to me like Kevin Feige is just trying to, he's like, just get to Secret Wars. Just get to Secret Wars. 
If we can get to Secret Wars, that's fine. I mean, who knows what's going to be happening with King Dynasty, with everything that's happening, when, of course, with, uh, with what's-his-name that is uh, obviously got some allegations on him and everything. So I think Kevin Feige, just the, the, the end of the tunnel right now is just Secret Wars, and then who knows what's going to happen after that. So, all right. And then this is dumb. This is dumb. I saw this today and I was like, what? This is actually a thing? And apparently there's like people talking about this. But uh, yeah, I saw this on my timeline. Has General Ortega replaced Rachel Zegler as Snow White? Here's the latest from the Gazette, Sci-Fi and Fantasy. I actually saw this. People were posting this. People were thinking that this is actually a thing. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) My God, what is going on? Slow news? What is happening? No. Why would they actually do this? This would be... I mean, I know that Disney and Marvel, they're dumb. They're dumb. 100% they are dumb. But not this dumb. They are not this dumb. To actually replace an actress who's already filmed the movie. They would not actually do that. This is so fucking stupid. But I couldn't believe it. And you know me, you know, my, my bestie, Miss Zegler, you know, when, uh, you know, obviously you guys remember when she... Um, quote tweeted when I posted about how she walked up to uh, Adam Brody on the Shazam 2 set and then told him, I have such a big crush on you when I was a kid. And I thought, wow, wait, way to make things awkward. And then, of course, she quote tweeted me saying like, oh, yeah, here's the fun police. And I was like, what? I mean, come on. I'm just saying if roles were reversed, it would be really awkward. You know, if Adam Brody walked up to Helen Mirren and said, I had a big crush on you, or even Lucy Liu, that would be awkward. Okay, but of course, you know, you get a pass. You get a pass, Rachel. I get it. You could say whatever you want because you have been saying whatever you want. And a lot of backlash is happening. I think that's why this bullshit news came about was because they people just thought like, oh, she's just like shooting her mouth off. She's going to get replaced with Jenna Ortega. And it's like Jenna Ortega is shooting Wednesday and Beetlejuice 2. Why the fuck would she actually be available to do this? And I don't know. It was just kind of funny when I saw this on on my timeline, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, my God, what the hell is happening right here? So what the, I don't know. It's just dumb. So don't even believe it, folks. All BS, whatever. I know, we're still talking about the Snow White stuff. I know, right? That's what's happening. I just, like, I, I couldn't believe it. I really just couldn't believe it when I saw this. So there you go. Yeah. That's how slow news is right now, folks, is the fact that they have to come up with something like that. My God. And I'm like, okay. And I'll even, I'll even uh, give a compliment to uh, Rachel Zegler. She has a great voice. Jenna Ortega, I don't think, has the voice. She, uh, have we heard her singing voice? Did she sing? Did she sing? Has she sang? Huh? Yeah. I wouldn't think. So it was like, what in the hell? What in the hell? So, anyways, there you go. Just thought I'd uh, give you some BS news as well. But, uh, anyways, all right. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, some of the topics here. Let's talk about the main topic. We got, of course, um, well, let's get some updates when it comes to James Gunn, which now he's very vocal. Now that the writer strike is over, it seems like he's a little bit more vocal when it comes to social media. Now, he's not on Twitter. He is, uh, you know, and I respect the fact that he actually, let, you know, he doesn't really to- post on Twitter that much anymore because he, you know, he went to Blue Sky and 
threads and fucking blowme.com. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the new thing is. I don't know if these on something else. I just see the screenshots. They always make it to Twitter. So, um, so we got some James Gunn updates when it comes to things that are happening. Obviously we know that the, uh, we saw the picture of the office where everything's like happening. They're putting up a bunch of Superman comic books and you know, they're putting them up on the wall to try to get the vibe of like, yeah, we're doing Superman. So here's a bunch of Superman stuff. Cool. And then, of course, we have some things right here. First off, when it goes uh, to Cloudy Bozo right here, who asked him, do you have your finger on the trigger waiting to announce more legacy castings as soon as the strike ends? And he said, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen. Oh, wait, I should probably let's do this again. Hold on. There's a screenshot. So. Cloudy Bozo said, do you have your finger on the trigger waiting to announce more legacy casting as soon as the strike ends? Yeah. So there you go. Jimmy Olsen is probably going to be the first. And we all know that that, that Skyler, whatever guy, uh, I forgot what his name, his last name was, um, was possibly going to be in the running when it comes to Jimmy. And it was like kind of cool because I was like, oh, look at that. He's got freckles and he's got red hair. They're actually going to do it. I think they're actually going to do a ginger Jimmy, which is kind of cool. So we got that one first. Uh, then we got this right here. Um, James Gunn talking about a huge fan met with GM, uh, JM, I should say, the other day, in fact, updating him on Creature Commandos, which he created, and others, and talking about Justice League International. So JM Diamantes, Monteus, of course, the run of that. He's a fan of this version of Justice League. Which, I mean, obviously, James Gunn's going to be a fan of, like, a lot of versions of Justice League and whatever. I'm sure he's, like, he's a big fan. He's a big fan. But if you look at this cover, you kind of go, like, well, you know, there's some people that are already there, I guess you could say. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's not like this. If they're at, I don't even know if they're actually planning a Justice League movie. But, of course, fans, people on Twitter were always, like, you know, like, oh, my God. Is, you know, is, are they already thinking about Justice League? I'm sure there's a thought. There's something like on a whiteboard or whatever the heck. Heck, yeah, they're already talking about like Justice League and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I'm not thinking that, they, you know, this is going to be the lineup when it comes to that. You know, is Zachary Levi going to come back? Is uh, Pierce Brosnan going to come back? No. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that was okay. So there was that. And then we got this right here. Eric asked, what made you land on Guy Gardner of all the lanterns? Not upset. The opposite. Just curious. James Gunn responded with, I really love the character from, of course, Justice League International. So that ties into Justice League International, especially. But he also fits the story I'm telling with Legacy. So that's interesting. Guy Gardner fits in the Superman Legacy story, as opposed to, you know, a Hal Jordan or a Jon Stewart when it comes to a Green Lantern or even an Alan Scott. Well, you know, so it's like, OK, so Guy Gardner, Phil, like he fits in the story of Superman Legacy. And that's what I'm so curious about. That's what has me very curious and intrigued about Superman Legacy, because obviously it's still very much a Superman and Lois story. And we know that his treatment when it came to pitching Superman Legacy Pitching the treatment, he used the cover, of course, that had Lois on it from from Rebirth and her coming back to the planet. So that also intrigued me as well, because I'm like, wow, he's going to really there's going to be a lot of Lois Lane in the movie as well. 
But I'm like, well, where does where does Guy Gardner fit in this? So I thought that was very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. And then we got right here, how long did it take you to write the first draft of Superman Legacy? Just curious. James Gunn replied, quite a few months. But that was after brewing upon it for years. Brewing upon it for years. It's like, yeah, but remember, James, you did say that you were like, ah, now I passed on it. But then, of course, maybe it just stuck in his head. Because when he came to D.C., they offered him Superman right off the bat. He turned it down. But I guess apparently it was brewing in his head for a little bit, trying to figure out like, yeah, yeah, it was always in the back of his head. How could he do Superman? How could he do Superman? I don't know. And then after somebody said DCU updates right here said, did the idea come like an epiphany or did you have to toil away over it? Years of thinking followed by epiphany, which it, of course he has said before as well that all of a sudden it hit him and he, he realized how he could do Superman, which I was like, all right, good. He turned it down at first, did Suicide Squad, which was more up his alley. And then it was brewing in his head, and then he had an epiphany, a little bit of like that, and then it's like, all right, cool. All right, epiphany, cool, whatever. Yeah, all right, fine. Uh, they also probably backed up a, uh, uh, a dump truck full of money and said, hey, you want to be the head of uh, DC Studios? <laughs> and then it was like, oh, I have an idea for Superman. And, 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 and is part of the idea of Superman he's going to go into space? Maybe, maybe not. But he posted this right here as well. And then, uh, you know, this was uh, Jim Lee posting this, and he reposted, I guess. But uh, he posted this image right here of Superman just kind of floating, flying in space. And I saw some people talking about Superman flying in space. And it is kind of interesting when it comes to the concept of Superman flying in space because, obviously, this has been shown in the comic books. It's show it, it was shown in the Christopher Reeve movies as well, especially when he faced Nuclear Man and whatnot. And, and we've seen Superman, like, fly into space. But at the same time, like, you know, when, when we have that iconic shot of Superman flying, you know, just out of the, you know, just just he's like in the first layer of space. He's not deep into space. He's not deep into space. And revisiting Superman, the animated series has been kind of fun, too, because, at the, you know, when he goes deep into space, he does have a space suit. And he, of course, the spaceship that brought him to Earth, it didn't crash. So... What I love about Superman the Animated Series is that they still save because it actually lands as opposed to crashing. So they use Superman's spaceship to like go into deep space. So I actually like that concept better. I hope we don't get like just Superman flying in, into like, you know, deep space, I guess you could say. You know, I don't think it, maybe he's not going to do that. It just seems like it's a concept that eh, maybe don't even touch that. Just keep him like, yeah, he can fly. Up, he could fly up there for a bit and then come back down like we've seen recently. You know, like, you know, when it came to Zack Snyder, I mean, he flew up to space a little bit and then came back down, but not flying to deep space. I like the concept that the Superman animated series has where he actually has to utilize a ship and utilize a, uh, a spacesuit, which I like. So, so we got that. And then... Uh, DCU updates right here was uh, kind of following like what was happening with James Gunn um, traveling to New York City with his VFX supervisor. 
So, you know, I mean, who knows? Probably overthinking it, probably whatever. But, you know, like I said, I was just giving you guys updates of what was happening. So James Gunn, of course, is in uh, New York City, maybe getting some ideas. I don't know. I don't think they're actually going to be shooting in New York because that would probably be too, too uh, expensive to do. So him and his uh, VFA. But maybe they're getting ideas for what Metropolis is going to look like. So I kind of like that aspect of it is the fact that it's like, all right, try to get some ideas to make Metropolis look, I don't know, a little bit like New York as opposed to Chicago. But yeah, he's been traveling. So Wyoming, some people are like, oh, is that where the Kent Farm, they're going to be shooting scenes for the Kent Farm. Who knows? Like, again, he might just be traveling and just having a good time. So, but yeah. So, I mean, DCU updates was just like kind of just like posting all that stuff. So I thought, all right. Might as well just like show you guys that just to give you some updates. Anybody who was wondering, maybe the scouting locations, who knows? But I highly doubt they're going to be shooting in New York City. Um, but maybe just getting some ideas of what Metropolis should look like. I'm just kind of I'm kind of hoping that they they follow the uh, DC animated world, like especially the shows. Scott and I were talking about this on DC Fanimated where it was just like, well, what if? You have like the different, the, the distinct Gotham City and Metropolis. Metropolis is very futuristic looking. Uh, Gotham City is not. It's, I mean, it's got the Art Deco kind of look. It's, you know, it's darker. It's, it's just more old. And everybody dresses. The cars look like old and everything, as opposed to Metropolis, where everything just looks like new age and futuristic. So, I, I actually hope that they actually kind of do like a distinct, a distinctive difference, like. When it comes to that, maybe they'll follow what's, what's happening when it comes to the animated world. I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? You want to see like a, a distinct Gotham City and Metropolis where it just kind of looks like a, a little bit different? So uh, let's see. Guy Gardner, the one true Green Lantern. I mean, you know, it's going to be cool to see Guy Gardner live action. Whenever I see someone who has their blue sky name on Twitter, I just roll my hand, <laughs> right? I'm with you, Stephanie. James Gunn will be writing CCSL, PM, and Amanda Waller. Yeah, he's doing it all. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you pay the guy, you might as well have him write all the shit because, you know, let's face it, the studio is trying to save a buck. Guy Gardner's a jerk. Peacemaker's a jerk. Gunn's a jerk. Off. <laughs> Desert Eagle. Nice one. Well, Gunn said uh, it was his dad's death that kicked his Superman thoughts. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. He better not come to Australia. Why? What are you going to do, Axel? Are you going to like show up to the set and be like, I don't like you, James, Jimmy. I don't like what you're doing with it. All right. And then walk off. What are you going to do? He's not going to come to Australia. Why would they go to Australia? They're going to be shooting most of it in London. That's another thing that was also said, too. Do I have that? I thought I had that screenshot. But he also said that, too. I didn't have that. Uh, I didn't have that ready. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, he also said that, you know, majority of the movies, and especially Superman Legacy, yeah, they're going to be shooting in London. And, of course, obviously, we, we heard about the Leavesden Warner Brothers studio and everything like that. It's just like they're going to be mainly shooting there. But when it comes to, like, outside locations or whatever, I mean, who knows how they're going to handle that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll be, you know, they're definitely uh, – they're definitely scouting some locations, I would say. And maybe that's why he's like kind of display like that. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do an impression of you. I, I can't really. I mean, I could try to do an Australian accent, Droga, but I'm not going to do an Australian accent. I'll butcher it. 
you know? So don't worry. I wasn't try- I wasn't imitating you, okay? His VFX supervisor said he's traveling because he's working, so they are scouting locations, and James already said Legacy will be shot all over the country. Okay, so there you go. So it's going to be multiple locations. Um, yeah. So that's what they're going to be doing right now, and they're just, like, kind of jumping all over the place. It's just kind of wondering, like, okay, so is he just documenting all that the Wyoming place. I don't know. I don't know Wyoming. Where, where, what, what's going to be happening there? Fortress of Solitude. Are they going to have a Fortress of Solitude? Maybe. I don't know. That's what's going to be interesting. So, but anyways, then we got Matt Reeves. We got Matt Reeves. We got Matty Reeves right here. And uh, yeah, let's talk about Matt Reeves quickly. Uh, not quickly, but well, it's just a rumor of a villain, of course. But yeah, Matt Reeves, apparently, when it comes to, like, you know, we're, we're all wondering who's going to end up being in the Batman Part 2 and Part 3. we got to remember that, that it's not going to just be one more movie. we got two movies that are going to be coming out. And if they're going to be as long as the first one, we're going to have, like, six more hours, six more, six plus more hours when it comes to Batman, when it comes to the Batman universe. And I'm kind of wondering what Easter eggs and what's going to be teased in the Penguin series as well. What names are going to be dropped? They're going to be name drops. What's going to be, yeah, just Easter eggs, Easter eggs. And, of course, when it comes to recent rumors, when it, came, when it comes to villains, uh, and obviously there's Mr. Freeze has always been talked about. He even talked about how he'd like to do a Mr. Freeze. That would be interesting if they actually could pull that off in Matt Reeves' more grounded but not so grounded world, if that even makes any sense. It's grounded but not that grounded when it comes to his Gotham City, when it comes to his Batman. But then, of course, we had Clayface, and everybody was going like, how is he going to pull off Clayface? Because everybody obviously was thinking about the new Clayface, the Clayface that Batman the Animated Series created, which, of course, was big clay monster, you know, voiced by what's his name. Um, and uh, so obviously it was like, OK, so, yeah, that wouldn't make sense in it. But if you take the Golden Age Clayface, which was not the big you know, the big monster that could shape shift and change into people. It was somebody else that was more like, yeah, yeah, you could do imitations and you could do some things with it, but not quite as fantastical. So, yeah, I could still see that clay face showing up right there, you know, which, of course, is uh, this clay face right here. That's what he looks like right there. But then, of course, you have hush, hush. That's right. That's another thing. Apparently, and of course, um, this is coming from a scoop on a live stream, and it comes from, you know, uh, he'll remain nameless, but it's somebody who, of course, has a very smug look on his face all the time, and his hair is literally running away from his face. You guys probably know who I'm talking about, but yes, they mentioned that Hush, Mr. Elliot, might be, of course, the villain, maybe the vain villain when it comes to the Batman part two. Now, a lot of us already probably, you could probably assume that because it was already kind of teased in the first Batman movie when you saw like the updates when like uh, he was watching that when the Riddler was posting about the Waynes and everything and we saw the hush, we saw the hush, we saw the hush. I would like it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against it. You know, you get some, you know, you get some Tom Elliott in there and uh, Thomas Elliott. And, uh, you know, if you get some Clayface in there, I mean, 
they could really do some things where they really fuck with Bruce Wayne more than they'd fuck with Batman. They really fuck up. They really fuck with the uh, the Wayne name. They could really do that because remember when when it comes to the first you know the first Batman movie is like the fact that Bruce Wayne was very much. You know, he was, re- you know, he was, uh, 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 in, in, what do they call that? Like where uh, he just, I, I'm trying to think of the word right here where he didn't, he wasn't Bruce Wayne. He wasn't the Bruce Wayne that we know. He was a very like, uh, what do they call it? Damn, totally drawing a blank on the word, but, uh, he didn't go out. He wasn't trying to be Bruce Wayne. His main thing was Batman and trying to do good for the city. But of course, obviously you still got to go out and be Bruce Wayne and introvert there you go that's the word i was looking for i was like nah. i was like wait in something i knew it was in 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 and out i'm hungry anyways um but yeah i was like he's like uh, an introvert so obviously he's not gonna but he has to learn to also play the character of bruce wayne so if you have somebody like a thomas elliott or even a Clayface, that could really mess with that too that could do something because i remember i even saw some people talking about that on the time like what if they're what if they were like there was something where it had both of them or at least, you know, one of them. And then maybe the other one shows up where they're really like fucking with Bruce Wayne and the Bruce Wayne name. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of like that. I like that. But, uh, you know, it was kind of funny, too. I saw a tweet that somebody posted that when it came to um, Hush being rumored in the Batman part two was the fact that it's like, well, DC animated people are like, well, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense because Hush was the Riddler. I watched the Hush animated movie and it's the Riddler, but we, he's already, it's like, ah, read the comic book. I know that's the thing. That was the biggest gripe. Ugh, I love the Hush book. I love it. It's a great book, but man, when they changed it to make it where Riddler was, ugh, that's just, holy shit. Did that leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths? That was not, that was a interesting choice. Because it's not a terrible movie, but the fact that they were like, they switched that up a little bit, because obviously the Riddler's involved, but it wasn't quite that. I mean, it's going to be interesting if Hush is actually going to be a villain in Matt Reeves' universe, how he handles it. Because, I mean, obviously he already established the Riddler, so it's probably not going to be, he's not going to go the, the DC animated universe route, not at all. But he could do something with it. And obviously the Riddler still alive. We got the Joker there as well. I I think the Joker will still not be like, of course, a main focus. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet for sure. So anyways, we need Mr. Freeze in the Batman 2 movie. Yeah, I mean, again, we had the first Batman movie had the rogues gallery, had the main rogues gallery in it. We had Penguin, Catwoman, Riddler, and of course the Joker. I mean, that's like the main four. That is the four, and they were in it already. So, and we haven't established Batman, so I don't know. You could have maybe a Mr. Freeze. I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I would be very curious to see how he pulls off a Mr. Freeze in his world. So, Clayface could be easy. Have him be someone with no face who disguises uh, themselves with makeup. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff like that, prosthetics. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, Fernando Jr. That, uh, what I tell a lot of people read the comics, then movie, then yeah. And car. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that, that, that left a lot of, uh, a lot of us with a bad taste in our mouths. 
the way that they changed the ending of the Hush movie. Tet, what is happening? Do you agree with uh, Gun? We've never had a real. He said that we never had a real. Ba- oh, you're talking about like his old tweets. No, I I don't agree with that. No, I think all the Batmen have been great in their own unique fashion. You know, obviously, Ben Affleck's my favorite one, and I think he's the most comic book legit. He's the most comic book Batman, 100%. So I'm kind of curious. I'd be kind of curious to hear what Gunn thought about Ben Affleck's Batman, to be honest, after hearing all the other stuff when it came. He didn't like Keaton's Batman. He wasn't really even a fan of uh, Bale's Batman as well. So I would actually be curious to see what what he thinks about Ben Affleck's Batman, to be honest. Clooney had, yeah, Clooney was a good Bruce Wayne. Clooney was a good Bruce Wayne, and Clooney's Batman, Batman and Robin, you watch it, you watch it like that is an updated Batman 66. That's the way I always say it. It's an updated Batman 66. That's that's exactly what I always say with that, okay? I could watch it. It's guilty pleasure. Guilty freaking pleasure, so... All right. Let's see. Hey, Dave, a.k.a. Film Junkie, you know how how about put Mr. Freeze in the Batman 2 movie post credit scene? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's not going to be just one movie. Not going to be just one movie. So we're supposed to get two more movies. So, I mean, there's there's room for all of them, you know. There's room for all that. So let's see. Did I pull this up right here? Nope. Hold on. I wanted to pull up the entire article. I only pulled up one thing. All right, let's go to the uh, the next topic right here, which, of course, is, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> you want to rile up some, uh, you want to rile up the Snyder fandom? This is how you do it. This is how you do it. This is how we do it. Well, I mean, first off, I mean, Oscar Isaac, apparently, according to uh, Arabic Marvel, he said that uh, he's never been more proud of a project than Moon Knight. And when it comes to Moon Knight, again, like I was saying at the beginning of the stream, is the fact that it's like that was the most you I thought that was like the most unique when it came to the to the shows, at least. I was like, oh, OK, this is darker. This is darker. This is a different character. It's not really too much tied to the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. I like Oscar Isaac. I like the whole dual, you know, well, not just dual personalities. It was, you know, person, multiple personalities like that aspect of it. Now, was it fully executed the way that, I, you know, I wish it was? No, no. There's some flaws or some gripes that I have when it came to the whole series. But overall, I liked it and I thought it was something unique. But, of course, we have um, right here. Let's see. Ah, I got to find it. Hold on. There we go. I just, oh, 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 hold on. Where is it at? Yep, 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 yep. Let me find it here because I totally forgot. I pulled the, the wrong tab when it came to this. Give me a moment here, folks. Talk amongst yourselves. What's the score of the game? It's on commercial. Okay. Everybody, yeah. I say Mr. Freeze. Okay. And then Shane says, what are your predictions for the Grayson Robin suit for the Batman 2? That would be interesting. My predictions for the Robin suit for the Batman 2 are going to be based off Grayson's Robin comic appearances from 1940 and now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you got to have, you have to, there's got to be something. There's got to be something that looks Robin-esque. But it's like, is it going to be in like the style of the first Batman suit? I'm, I'm curious what the what the Batman Part Two, what the suit's going to look like for that. I know a lot of you know some people didn't like it. 
Some people didn't like the Batman suit. I liked it. The cow, of course, was a little interesting, a little weird, but didn't bother me. All right, sorry, I'm trying to find this right here. Rip. All right, see, there was that. I pulled the wrong part. Let's see, didn't, didn't, uh, maybe not. I thought there was like a full-on article. Looking, looking, looking. Damn it. Guess not. I thought there was a full-on article. Well, all right, I guess we're just going to have to go with this. Yeah. I thought there was like a full-on article, but we're just going to go with this screenshot because I saw it on screen ran. I was like, all right, let's do this. But, it, I mean, he was talking to like Cosmic Circus. But, uh, you know, uh, basically this is uh, this is the quote right here. And, you know, of course it riled the feathers when it came to. This is also from Arabic Mar Marvel right here. So Zack Snyder's work in all the movies he made didn't appeal to me. I liked James Gunn's films much more. I think he's a much greater artist and a very clever writer, and he will do excellent work for DC. This is, of course, Mohamed Diab in an interview translated, of course, from the Cosmic Circus. Someone's trying to get a job in the DCU, huh? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I had a, yeah. But, you, I mean, you could kind of tell that, you know, maybe he's kind of like, hey, James. Can I get a can I get uh, a movie, a show, or something like that? Which yes, one hundred percent, I believe that yes, he was kind of like, ah, eh, yeah, let me uh, let me uh, reach out there and uh, jiggle James Gunn's balls a little bit and be like, hey, yes, you're better, you're much better. But at the same time, it's still an opinion, it's still an opinion. And I did quote tweet that, and I was like, kind of interested to see where where everybody stood when it came to that. And a lot of, you know, some people were saying like, well, it's not professional to do that. And I'm like, yeah, do I 100% agree that it's like, yeah, but at the same time, some people were like, yeah, he full on trashed him. I'm like, I didn't see him actually trashing him. He just said one was better than the other. That's what, that's the way I was kind of looking at it when I read the quote was he just felt like, yeah, it didn't appeal to me. Zack Snyder stuff didn't appeal to me, which is perfectly fine. Doesn't appeal to you. Perfectly fine. And then he was like, oh, yeah, you know, James Gunn this, James Gunn that. And it's like, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, but at the same time, of course, when you're looking on Twitter and you're going like, oh, yeah, you're seeing people just going like, what the hell? You know, but I'm like, well, it's an opinion, you know? It's not, there's no fact or fiction when it comes to this stuff. It's an opinion, just like, you know, it's subjective, as, as, we, uh, as we've uh, said before. I mean, do I agree with it? Absolutely not. I think Zack Snyder is the better artist, 100%. Um, he is to me a better artist but i mean i get i mean i i get like when it when it comes to james gunn's older movies before guardians of the galaxy like uh super and sliver and uh, you know those types of movies i'm like well you know they were very much i thought super was actually pretty pretty damn good i like sliver too that was more like ah reminded me of like an 80s type of horror movie and stuff so when it when it comes to writing it's like yeah james gunn can have some good dialogue can have some good things when it comes to his writing, but sometimes, yeah, it does get overboard when it comes to the jokes. When it comes to the jokes and trying to do like the shock value, might go overboard for my taste. So it doesn't, maybe some of that doesn't appeal to me or doesn't appeal to us. So I, I to me, I just didn't really care that he said this, but of course, there's some people that cared because they were like, and then they start shitting on, of course, Moon Knight. And I'm like, yeah, but Moon Knight was like a really unique MCU product. It was different from a lot of the stuff that we've already seen. 
So I'm like, you really? I'm like, okay, it's whatever. What could he do? Fans will be fans. And of course, directors will be directors. Then it's like, yeah, but the, he, he was asked. He was asked about it. So what can he do, right? Uh, Batten says, Cal, let's see. Film Junkie, I want to uh, see Matthew McConaughey as Two-Face. Eh. Who the fuck even asked this guy? He uh, couldn't even cast a Jewish actor for Moon Knight. Are you, eh, eh, it's all good. Why even bring up Zach? Yeah, I know. There's like one of those things where it's like, why even? Maybe they were just like, hey, what, what are you thinking about the DC movies? And maybe it's just like, yeah. Some people are going to comment on like what, you know, what, what came before and what. Again, I think he's trying to get a job. <laughs> to me, he's trying to get a job in the DCU. That's that's what that's the way I was more approaching it as he's trying to be like, hey, and he's, you know, being in the MCU, he was like, all right, I got to uh, uh, I got to cheer for my team. So James Gunn was on that team. I don't know. He brought it up for a reason. Uh, Shane restored the Snyderverse. We will not stop nothing. All right. Well, or you could support the new Snyderverse Shane. We could do that. Support the new Snyderverse. Uh, because it seems like things are moving forward over here, so let's just let's just support the new Snyderverse over at Netflix. I, I would suggest doing that more than trying to magically restore the DC Snyderverse because DC's kind of a mess right now. So let's go ahead and support the new Snyderverse instead. Uh, Fernando Jr. I love Moon Knight because I under, I understand comics also had the Mummy and Indiana Jones vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like it, it it is an interesting comment about like who's the better artist. It's like I don't need to do that. I mean, it's his opinion. It's fine. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. But yeah, it is pretty interesting. But. Yeah, whatever. He's just trying to, uh, like I said, I think he's just trying to, he's trying to get a job in the DCU. I think that's what's happening because who knows if Moon Knight season two is ever going to happen. So I think he's just like, hey, give me something, Jimmy. Give me something. That's all. Just give me something. Give me something good. Box office. All right. Who went to the movies this weekend? Huh? Who went to the movies this weekend? Anybody? I didn't. I was too big. Well, we were, you know, we thought about going to the movies. I wanted to see the creator again. I mean, I enjoyed it. I have my gripes about it. And it's interesting to see what people have to say about the creator. But of course, we have the exorcist believer. Fuck this movie. That's all I got to say. Fuck this movie. This, uh, again, Hollywood to Hollywood. And this is an example of what I'm talking about here when it comes to the exorcist believer. When I saw that first trailer, I was like, I'm not a believer. <laughs> I'm not a believer. Okay? I'm not a believer. Obviously, the first exorcist, iconic, right? Iconic movie. Scared the shit out of people when it came out. Still scares the shit out of people. Now, craft, it was made. Per it was great. Right. But here we go. When it comes to the box office over this past weekend, what did the Exorcist Believer do? It made twenty six point five million domestic overall. It made forty four point two. Ugh. So not as much as they probably wanted it to make. Now, the budget was small, naturally, which is good. The budget was small. But from what I gathered, 
is Universal Pictures paid a hefty price. I think it was something I read, something about them paying about $400 million for the IP because they want to do like a whole new trilogy. So even though the budget for this initial movie was small, and I think it was something around $40 million or $30 million when it came to this movie, okay, that's good, but at the same time, you still dished out a ton of money, hundreds of millions, and I think it was about $400 million to pay for the IP. That is not a good investment when you're looking at this box office right here. And, of course, Paw Patrol is doing well. Paw Patrol, I mean, naturally, it's going to do well. Look at that, 86.6. Probably didn't cost that much. Good on Paramount. We got Saw X that is doing some... Uh, business maybe not as much i don't know how much this budget was i don't imagine it was that much either but and then of course the creator which i'm like telling everybody go see this original sci-fi 61 about 62 million it had like an 80 million dollar budget on it but hollywood will hollywood guys because it was kind of interesting to see reactions for the exorcist believer such a stupid title for a sequel. I mean, they've been trying to do things with The Exorcist so much. They they try to do sequels. Or they try to do prequels. Remember they had the uh, the Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader was trying to do a prequel, and then that got repurposed, and he, like, left. He walked out, and then somebody else took over and tried to save the prequel movie, and it wasn't that good. They had an Exorcist TV show that apparently everybody is a huge fan of, and they were going like, well, why didn't they capitalize on this? This was actually good. But when it came to this exorcist, obviously they had, uh, what's her name, come back. Uh, and then uh, it was uh, Ellen Bern Bernstein. And uh, it's kind of funny right here because I'm seeing a quote. This is, uh, this is what was out there. That director, David Gordon Green, reveals that Ellen Bernstein Bernstein was skeptical of the sequel. And it took some time to get her on board. Yeah, you think? She didn't want to come back, especially with whatever the hell you were giving her. Because according to people who've seen it, and I haven't seen it, and I and I kind of wish I did see it just to see what it was, you know, what everybody was talking about it. But apparently she's only in it for about 10 minutes. Okay, it's not like she's in it throughout the movie. Obviously, she plays a mom, of course. And uh, I did see a clip. There was a clip roaming around, and I couldn't believe it because I first saw the tweet. And I was like, there's no way that that's an actual quote that she says in this movie. There's no way. No way that they, she actually said this. But then somebody actually had a clip of her saying this. Apparently, in the movie, when she's talking to the main dude, of course, uh, the, the dad of one of the daughters who's being possessed, and they're talking, her character um, basically was telling him that when... The whole, you know, the final act of the exorcist where they actually exorcise the demon that they didn't even allow me into the room. And I think it's because I'm not part of the patriarchy. What? Oh, whoa. No, 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 no. Oh, good God. Yeah. So... They actually had that line for her to say in the movie that she was upset that she wasn't in the room during the exorcism of her daughter because she wasn't part of the patriarchy. Those priests died. <laughs> they died saving her daughter. God for fucking bed. Oh, I swear to God, guys. I, I, I saw the clip. Couldn't believe it myself. <laughs> 
And I went, you actually had her say that. The freaking final act, when that is all happening, it's a good thing she wasn't in the room. They died. <laughs> Saving her daughter. Oh. Again, Hollywood of Hollywood. And they try to capitalize on this iconic film. They brought her back. Somehow they got her back. And they shit. They shit on the original. Ugh. Good freaking God, man. Yeah. So that's that's what I was talking about. Hollywood of Hollywood. And I, I, um, I, when I saw the reactions from people, uh, it was like Wednesday night, I think it was. That's when I, I cause I thought I was going to go see it. I, I had thoughts in my head to go see it. But when I was seeing the reactions, I was like, see, I knew it. I knew this was like an empty soulless, not, you know, not everybody was shitting on it. There's still people that were like, you know, I liked it, but there was nobody like super praising it. And I was like, you know what? I have a lo- I have a, a, a long weekend. I got to get done with work. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go see this. I'm not going to go see it. But Hollywood or Hollywood, this is what they do. It's like they just were trying to capitalize on the original movie, and they basically just kind of shit on how iconic it, it, it was, especially that final act, especially that final scene where they actually exercise the demon. Crazy. So... Not trying to get all, you know, you know, political, but it's just the fact that they actually had a, they, she said that in there. I was like, wow, that is bad. That is bad. That is absolutely bad. So bad. It's not the way you do it. And, and they paid all that money to get the IP. And it's like, the movie is not doing that well. It got, it, it, it's critics aren't being too kind to it. So it's like, you just wasted a bunch of money. You just wasted a bunch of money thinking whatever and uh yeah and and, yeah it's just that's that's just bad that's all i got to say about that marty scorsese yeah nah not talking about superhero movies this time that's right he's talking about barbenheimer martin scorsese finally we get his quote on Barbenheimer. Ooh. You know, we keep on, we, we're, we're sick and tired of hearing about Martin Scorsese talking about superhero movies and all that stuff, you know, shitting on them and everything like that, which, yeah, of course, you know, other actors have come out and pushed back against it and are disappointed and whatever the hell. But, you know, we can agree. I agree with what, some of the points he said about that. But I'm just kind of curious about, I was always curious about, okay, so when it came to Barbenheimer, no time because obviously the last quote that we heard, we we heard him talk about you know we've got to support directors like Christopher Nolan and he taught he praised Oppenheimer so we know that he like we that he liked Oppenheimer which of course the, you know that doesn't doesn't shock anybody that he liked Oppenheimer but of course he was saying we got to support like directors like Christopher Nolan even though Christopher Nolan you know directed one of the best superhero trilogies out there let's face it there Marty but hey you know it was it's it's whatever it's still Martin Scorsese but this is what he has to say about Barbenheimer. I do think that the combination of Oppenheimer and Barbie was something special. It seemed to be, I hate that word, but the perfect storm. It came about at the right time. And the most important thing is that people went to watch these in a theater. And I think that's wonderful. I haven't seen the films yet. That that's kind of weird because it seems like he has seen Oppenheimer. Maybe this was a previous quote, but anyways, I love Chris, Chris Nolan's work. Margot Robbie, I must say started with me from the Wolf of wall street. So of course he has a relationship with her, uh, Rodrigo 
Uh, Prito cinematographer, the cinematographer, after finishing Killers of the Flower Moon, went on to shoot Barbie. So it's all in the family. And of course, he laughs. The way it fit perfectly, a film with such entertainment value, purely with the bright colors, and a film with such severity severity and strength, and pretty much about the danger of the end of our civilization. You couldn't have more opposite films to work together. It, it does offer some hope for a different cinema to emerge, different from... What's been happening in the last 20 years, aside from the great work being done in independent cinema? I, I always get upset by that, the independent films being uh, relegated to indies, films that only a certain kind of people would like. Just show them on a tiny screen somewhere. So there you go. There you go. That's what he has to say about that. Margot Robbie is overrated. Somebody ban uh, Droga right there. Just kick him, you know, kick him out for the, put him in timeout. Just kidding. Don't actually do that, Eric. What? Be careful. No, but, uh, you know, uh, Axel, you, ha- you have some bad takes. It's fine. Uh, but <laughs> no, but uh, no, I like what he has to say right there because it was an event. And you better believe that studios are trying to, like, figure out what's the next event that's going to be like that. How can we have two polar? I mean, they were already saying, like, you know, especially two weekends ago when, when Paw Patrol came out and Saw X came out. They were trying to call it Saw Patrol. They were trying to already, like, try to market it like that. I don't know if we're ever going to have another Barbenheimer. It's probably not going to happen for another couple of few years. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, it was kind of interesting the fact that that all just lined up. And he's absolutely right that you had these two distinctly just different films come out and people flocked out to the movie theaters to watch both of them. That's what was crazy. Watched both. I watched both. A lot of people watched both. It was an event. It was an event. And yes, they should try to figure out something like that again. But the thing is, it felt more organic. If they force it, it's going to ruin it. It's going to ruin it. You can't force it. And not to mention, you know, it's just it was just kind of funny, too, because even though general audiences didn't know this, but it, it was kind of funny that that it was, you know, it was universal against Warner Brothers. Christopher Nolan, of course, leaving Warner Brothers for Universal and Warner Brothers passing on Oppenheimer. <laughs> Good on Warner Brothers, right? Oi. 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 So. Anyway, so that's what he had to say. I thought that was kind of cool. Finally, we have Martin Scorsese praising something that's happening in current cinema because he's not been kind. He's not been kind with current cinema for shizzle. Anyways, all right, let's go ahead and get to the the questions. All right. Let's see what we got here. Twitter questions. All right. Axel, which upcoming Star Wars movie or show are you most looking forward to? Um, probably the one with the Falani, uh, uh, right? Dave Falani is uh, doing a Jedi type movie um, with the origin of the Jedi, more of the origin of the Jedi. I forgot which one that was. I know there's like, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but I'm looking forward to that one. And I think that, of course, very much is in the, of course, the universe of the Mandalorian and Ahsoka and all that. Very much that story that they're going to, like, be leading to. I'm actually looking forward to that the most. 
Eric, hey Dave, so I saw this ad on YouTube today and immediately thought of you, so I looked it up. Even if you're not a guitar player, I'm not. I play drums. The idea of watching them teach how to play like them is pretty awesome. Okay, cool. I'll check that out later, but yeah. I'm more, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a drummer. Never, I mean, I, I, I have a uh, acoustic guitar and I'll fuck around with it a little bit, but. Phil! Who is your ideal villain for the Batman part due? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I am all about the Clayface, the Silver Age Clayface, to be honest. I'm actually kind of, like, all about that. I Court of Owls, of course, was always, like, up there. They've already kind of laid the foundation for it. Personally, I would love Mr. Freeze and Clayface even set up. Yeah, yeah, true. I like Hush, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean... I would actually like to see, I mean, if they could, if somehow he could do Mr. Freeze and Clayface and bring it into his more grounded Batman world, I mean, I'd be intrigued when it comes to that. And then, of course, continue setting up more Court of Owls because they already kind of done that. Darkness Under the Wind. Dave, question number one. If Hush is the main villain of the Batman 2, would you want that version of Hush to originally be friends with Bruce? Yes. Yes, I would actually really, I would actually like that. Question two, should Clayface be the main villain of the Batman 2? Would you want to have him introduced in the finale of the P Penguin show? I mean, yeah, that's what I was saying when I was talking about it. It's like, you know, lay the groundwork. You know, hopefully the, uh, the Penguin show can really do something like that. So uh, with Gunn going to reveal more cast members for Superman Legacy once the SAG strike ends, would you want one of them to be who the main villain is and who will play him? Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, then finally, oh man, you got a lot of questions. Well, man, would you uh, want to see Kang in a post credit scene for the final finale of Loki Season 2, killing different versions of the Avengers coming? Huh. Man, how many questions do you have? Loki is if Loki's in Deadpool three, would you want to see him in the movie of the po ah? I'm tired of post credit scenes. That's all I gotta say about that. Tired of post credit scenes. I haven't started watching Loki season two yet. I, I'm still. I still. It just seems like I just don't have time to sit down and watch shows right now. I don't know. It just works kicking my ass, and I've been doing a lot of things on the weekend. So, yeah, it's all good. Cooper Knox. If Stanley Kubrick was still alive. His thoughts and feelings about comic book movies would make Martin Scorsese's comments look even <laughs> look very tame. You are correct there, Cooper. I can only imagine what, what Stanley Kubrick would have to say about superhero movies. But again, I, I mean, like, I, I, I enjoy the superhero, you know, movies, even the Marvel ones. Obviously, I'm more of a DC guy and, and, you know, and uh, what some of these directors are doing with that. Uh, Mr. Nobody, I feel like it's possible for a No Way Home style film where they bring the new DCU Batman and Battinson alongside with David Corn Sweat <laughs> and maybe even Batfleck just to wrap things up and set a new path forward. The multiverse has been established so it can be done, but how? I don't think it could be done. To be honest, I, I think that would just be that would be too desperate. Everybody would be like, oh, my God, look what they're doing. They're trying to do a No Way Home. I don't want them to do that. I think that would be that would look that would look just, that would be an act of desperation, which I know there probably are a little desperate, but I would not want to see that. 
Hello, Dave. This is from Devin Wooter. Hello, Dave. I just want—I just watched Fair Play on Netflix. It's really good. It's my favorite movie of the year. It's my top ten uh, to address Phoebe. Uh, oh yeah, that's that one with Phoebe Dynever, which of course she was up for Lois and uh, you know young Han Solo actor. She killed it in the movie. I hope she joins DC as Harley Quinn. And I rewatched the Dark Knight trilogy. What's your favorite scenes? Well, I mean, obviously the interrogation scene between Batman and Joker. That's, that's a good one. I mean, there's so many great scenes. Hard to pick. But, I mean, obviously that one's going to stand out the most. Going to stand out the most for sure. All right. There we go. I like the post-credit scenes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. But I, I get I get... Every now and again, I just, I just get tired of like you know, doing that. Hey, what's going on, Carrie? Drum away. Yep. And then of course we got Zed's, Zed's dead baby. Zed's dead. Day. Oh, you're talking. You're doing a Pulp Fiction line. Hey, look at that. The Dodgers coming back. Uh, bro is Chat GPT. Oh, you're talking about Dave's pronunciation. Oh, you're talking. <laughs> yeah. I try. I try to pronounce, but I always f up names. Oh, oh, oh. What is it? Three to one? Three to one. Still, it's still, uh, Diamondbacks are still up, but Dodgers are actually, you know, it's not as bad as, uh, oh, it was J.D. Martinez that did that. All right, not as bad. Not as bad. Not as bad. All right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you guys for uh, joining. Sorry that was late again, like I said. Technical difficulties. Still, I'm still working some of those out. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel, do all that, and I uh, appreciate it, and uh, subscribe, yeah, hit that notification bell, everything, and uh, like I said, you know, the, I have a new banner, it's on the on the channel, so check it out, and of course it's on my Twitter as well, where, yeah, I'm only doing one Film Junkie Live on Mondays, but on Wednesdays, we do a members only one, so I still stream, but it's only strictly for the members, so if you want to become a member, do so, and uh, it's a little more personal and whatnot, so... Go ahead and do that. And then, of course, uh, the Vodka stream will be back on Friday. And uh, we'll have a good time with that. So, all right, guys. Love ya. Where am I at here? All right. Love you guys. And uh, I'll see you guys. Uh, well, I'll see you members, of course, on Wednesday. But, of course, I'll be posting videos all throughout the week. And everybody else, when it comes to live, I'll see you guys on Friday. All right, guys. Talk to you later. <laughs>